As we enter this Palm Sunday and we open up the Gospel of Luke together, we, as is our tradition, will hear the entire Passion narrative read. Um, I will be reading not a uh, paraphrase of the Scripture, but an actual translation, contemporary English version, which is translated from the original languages. So, uh, the mood shifts, to be sure, from the waving of the palm branches and the crying of Hosanna and the joy and celebration of Jesus entering Jerusalem uh, as we read through the story of the Passion from Luke's perspective this year. So I just encourage you to settle in and listen. Uh, listening is not a passive activity, it is, a, it is an active activity. We are engaged in this together, so fight off the uh, the urge to, to think about what you've got to do later this afternoon or this week and work to stay connected to the story and listen for things that might surprise you because this is the story of our faith. It is the story of our redemption. We're used to hearing uh, the scriptures in worship in small pericopes or small passages, but today we'll hear the full two chapters from Luke's Gospel of our Lord's passion. And none of us have ever heard it on this day while people are hunkered down, hiding out uh, throughout Ukraine, being attacked and savagely and brutally having their humanity disregarded. None of us have ever heard this story on this day when we are re-emerging from over two years of a worldwide pandemic that has affected every corner of the globe. None of us have ever heard this story on this day. This is the story of our Lord. It is the story of our redemption. This year we'll hear it from Luke. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, Jesus gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. It is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to the man who betrays him. And they began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles Lord it over them, 
and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like your youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But Simon replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. And then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without a purse or bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching fulfillment. The, the disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, Jesus replied. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but your will be done. An angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he arose from prayer, he went back to his disciples. He found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you may not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, the crowd came up, and a man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion 
that you have come with swords and clubs. Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you didn't lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led Jesus away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. And a servant girl saw Peter seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said that this this man was with him. But Peter denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw Peter and said, you also are with him. You're one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him. He's a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and he wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy, uh, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me, and if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of mighty God. They all asked, are you then the Son of God? He replied, you say that I am. Then they said, why do we need any more testimony? We've heard it from his lips. Then the whole assembly rose and led Jesus off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, we found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar. He claims to be a Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted. He he stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and he's come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been waiting to see him. He, from, from what he had heard about Jesus, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests 
The teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing Jesus. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him, dressing him in an elegant robe. They sent him back to Pilate. That day, Pilate and Herod became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers of the people, and said to them, You brought this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us, as you can see. He has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time, he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that Jesus be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and for murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. As the soldiers led Jesus away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for Jesus. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified Jesus there. Along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at Jesus. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked Jesus. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. 
One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Congregation may rise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until about three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and they went away. But all who knew Jesus, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. And going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. And then Joseph took it down and wrapped it in linen cloth and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the command. This is the gospel of our Lord. And now you're gone. So welcome into this uh, holy week on this holy day. Uh, the story where we have left off uh, will continue as we move into our Maundy Thursday and follow to that upper room and, and pause there to reflect. Uh, and from there, we, we, we move into our Good Friday liturgy where we will also pause at the foot of the cross and, and imagine ourselves to be among those who stood at a distance and watched these things. And then uh, we are led into the Paschal celebration on Easter Sunday morning, where all of this 
uh, death and violence and brokenness and sinfulness, faithlessness, where all of it is redeemed in the resurrection of our Lord. We will begin where we leave off on this Palm Sunday with those faithful women on the Sabbath preparing spices so that they might offer one final act of love. Oh, what a joy it will be. A dawning joy that spans the ages and the distance when they learn and then tell that the tomb is empty. So we go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.